This is the Ellis Martin Report. When you hear us mention companies doing any kind of business, there's a large probability, if not a certainty, that the Ellis Martin Report is compensated for that mention. And now, here's Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Scott Close, Director of Investor Relations for EMX Royalty Corp. Trading on the TSX Venture Exchange and on the New York Stock Exchange as EMX. EMX is a precious and base metals royalty company whose investors are provided with discovery, development, and commodity price optionality while limiting exposure to the risk inherent to operating companies. EMX has a sizable global portfolio of assets and has currently over $70 million in the treasury and no debt. Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you, Alice. It's a pleasure to be here. Of all the projects you have in the world, which are you most excited personally about right now? The project that I'm most excited about is our Timok royalty in Serbia, which is being advanced by Zijin Mining out of China. So the Timok mine will be one of the largest copper gold producers in the world when that comes on stream in 2021, and we have a royalty on that property. From what I understand, the mine life of that particular property is almost infinite. We think that's probably going to be mined for about a hundred years. Life of mine that should provide us with something between a half a billion and a billion dollars. And people don't seem to understand the Timok mine is the next Grossberg. It's the next Bingham Canyon. This thing is absolutely huge. And that's no marketing fluff. That's the straight dope on that. So how do you marry a project in Serbia with a Chinese company, and how did that deal come together? Well, we were the first people to go into Serbia after the Balkan War simmered down, put together a land package with seven projects in the Timok Magmatic Complex there, right around the Bohr Mine, which has a history of producing more copper than any other region in the history of Europe. And then we sold those properties off as the qualifying properties for reservoir capital to come to market. And then reservoir morphed into reservoir minerals. They made the big discovery. They were taken out by Nevsun, and Nevsun was consequently bought out by Zijin. Zijin is now advancing that property to production. They're in the process of constructing the decline into the upper zone of the mineralization there, and they tell us they will be in production in 2021. So next year, the royalties begin to get generated, and is that significant each year, or is it uh, cumulative effect? You mentioned, I think, half a billion dollars over the course of a couple of generations. I mean, this is a multi-generational mine. So that actually comes into production at some point in 2021. This thing's just going to turn into a giant ATM for us. Do you consider that a flagship project or is there no such thing in your business? No, this is absolutely a flagship project for us. And we think this will be a company maker for us. The interesting thing is, like I said, life of mine, we expect this thing to pay up between a half a billion and a billion dollars for us. And those are our numbers. Those are a couple of analysts who've taken a look at it, the PEA on that project and have put those numbers together and that's their projections. It's just an amazing project. So. so when you've got the amount of money that you're going to be receiving from this project and what you have in the bank already, what are you going to be doing with it? Targeting more projects around the world? Does your geological team just go into high gear and go beyond what they've ever done? I mean, what do you do? We'll be looking to continue to load the prospect generation side of the business. So we utilize prospect prospect generation. So every time we sell or partner off a property, we always hold back a royalty on it. That's sort of the way that we 
organically build our royalty portfolio. So that's the primary vehicle that we use to build our royalty portfolio. And then we acquire royalties when we can find those favorable pricing valuations. And so we would allocate some of the capital to that also. And then once we start realizing this large revenue stream, then we'll implement a dividend. And then we will look to increase that incrementally each year thereafter. And once we implement a dividend, that will really, I think, make a material difference in the share price because that will really open us up to institutional buying. Does this make you down the road perhaps a mid-tier company? Absolutely. Yeah. Also makes us a takeover candidate. So all the other royalty companies, the big royalty companies, keep a very close eye on us and what we're doing. Hypothetically, and this is just speculation on your part, mine certainly, uh, would you be a potential takeout candidate? Uh, Two years, five years, one year, 10 years? Well, I think once we start realizing the cash flow from the Timok royalty, those number signs start flashing as a result of that. I think that will really raise our profile within the sector and really open some eyes out there to some of the larger royalty companies. And of course, it's very difficult to find cash flowing royalties right now, probably looking to consolidate some of the smaller players in the sector, such as us. That being said, we wouldn't go cheaply because of our share ownership is controlled by several large players. They would never let the company go cheaply. And your share structure is? 82 million shares outstanding and about 90 million fully diluted. And right now, you know, we have $77 million Canadian in the treasury with a Canadian market cap of $144 million. So half of our share price is in cash right now. And you're getting the entire portfolio of about 110 properties and projects around the globe for $45 million. We think that's good value. And this company trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol EMX. That's absolutely correct. Scott, it's always great to see you, man. Thanks a lot for joining me today on the program. Thank you for having me, Alice. I've been speaking with Scott Close, Director of Investor Relations for EMX Royalty Corp., trading on the TSX Venture Exchange and on the New York Stock Exchange as EMX. Go to the company's website, emxroyalty.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Subscribe to the Ellis Martin Newsletter. It's free. Go to ellismartinreport.com and fill out the quick and easy pop-up form. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Kelly Malcolm, the Vice President of Exploration for MX Exploration, trading on the TSX Venture Exchange as AMX, and in the U.S. on the OTCQX as AMXEF. MX Exploration is exploring its 100% owned Perone Gold Project in Quebec, Canada, featuring super high-grade Intersex. Kelly, welcome to the program. Nice to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me on. We love covering your company. A lot of good response from our listeners. Give us an update, if you don't mind, on what's happening with Amex Exploration. Sure, Alice. So since the last time we talked, we recently closed a $9 million private placement. That was a flow-through deal, very non-dilutive. Brought Eric Sprott in up to about 15% of the common shares outstanding, along with Commodity Capital, now owns 7%. Management is at 13%. And we just announced a few days ago an up size of our drilling program to 100,000 meters, which will give us 60,000 additional meters in the year 2020. So you're going to drill an additional 60,000 meters next year. It's very aggressive. That's correct. Really aggressive. We'll bring in a third drill rig on site on the 5th of January, and that drill is dedicated to regional exploration, looking for additional lenses on top of the three that we've already discovered so far this year. Pretty much a district size play. It's looking like it, and this upcoming exploration program in January, I think is really going to be the key to unlocking the value of this project. We've got 
had 15 kilometers of prospective faults to explore. We've only really explored about three kilometers of those faults so far, so lots of upside here. You look really excited as opposed to a lot of folks in this sector right now. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. We're doing really well on the corporate front, on the exploration front, on the financing front, and I think there's a lot of good things to look forward to on this story. So where's the $9 million going? All in the ground. So because it was flow through, every single one of those dollars has to be spent directly on exploration, and we will be spending that all in the year 2020. $9 million in the year 2020. Very aggressive exploration program. I've not heard of anything like that, so all the individuals and institutions that have put in the money, including Mr. Sprott, are very excited about what you may find. Absolutely. And what we're hoping is following this 2020 exploration program, we'll have sufficient drilling to complete a resource estimate on the project, likely focused on the three zones we've discovered to date, and then hopefully we can incorporate some of the additional discoveries we may make with this regional exploration program beginning in January. And remind our listeners about the share structure, if you don't mind. Sure. So there's about 70 million shares outstanding on a fully diluted basis, or 75 million shares on a fully diluted basis. Our most recent private placement was a $1.80 common share with a half a warrant at $1.50. That's because of the flow-through premium that we're allowed to use because we're in Quebec. We get a significantly non-dilutive increase on the share price because of the flow-through structure. And Quebec's probably one of the best, if not the best, jurisdiction in the world just for that. Fantastic. When we're spending hard dollars, which we've done in the past, we get 30% back from the government. So the 2019 exploration program, where we spent about $5 million, will end up with a million and a half dollars coming back directly from the government in our pockets, which will again fund further exploration. Well, Kelly, it's great to finally meet you in person. We spoke on the phone a couple of times. Thanks so much for joining me today on the program. It's a pleasure. Thanks a lot for having us on. I've been speaking with Kelly Malcolm, the Vice President of Exploration for Amex Exploration, trading on the TSX Venture Exchange as AMX and in the U.S. on the OTCQX as AMXEF. Go to the company's website, amexexploration.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Dale Jin, Executive Chairman and COO for Gatling Exploration, trading as GATGF in the U.S. and on the TSX Venture Exchange as GTR. Gatling Exploration is a Canadian gold exploration company focused on advancing the larger project located in the prolific Abitibi Greenstone Belt in Northern Ontario. The larger property hosts three high-grade gold deposits along the Cadillac Larder Lake Break, 35 kilometers east of Kirkland Lake. Dale, welcome to to the program. Nice to have you here with us in Vancouver. Well, thanks, Alice. Pleasure to be here. Now, you've been talking at the Metals Investor Forum. What's the message that you've been telling to current investors, potential new investors? Basically, our message is we're well-established in a well-established district that's endowed, and basically we're taking what was formerly three gold deposits that were treated separately. We're turning them into one, and in effect, greatly increasing the resource size. And tell us about the Abitibi area. It's a very prolific part of the world. It's well known and it stretches from say Timmins, Ontario or a little bit even west of that all the way through the province of Quebec. A multitude of producers over the last hundred years, 170 million ounces came out of the Abitibi so far. It's a real benefit to be situated on one of the main producing faults in the Abitibi. And this is an area that is very prolific with regard to high-grade gold. These days really low-grade gold, even if it's in great distance, isn't enough to move a market more or less. There's little interest in that. You really have to go big or go home. The issue with lower grade deposits is that the capital required to start these things up is just so great and it's increased over time. And then with back to the high grade gold deposits, the capital requires less and your costs of production are much better when you're dealing with high grades. And there's a lot of room for forgiveness in terms of when you're dealing with high grades as well. What stage are you at now with regard to exploration? Where are you going during the next year? 
year. We're only one year into the life of this company, and so we had completed a spin-out and property acquisition and whatnot. And so really, we're at the early stages of exploration where we're going to complete about 35,000 meters of drilling for 2019. And that sounds like a lot, but really next year, I mean, we're going to triple that. So we're going to be up over 100,000 meters. And that should bring us to a more advanced stage where then we'll be thinking about adding up those ounces. By tripling that, are you doing 100,000 meters next year alone? That's correct, yes. That's pretty much not usual. No, but that's what we do as a group is we're an aggressive team, and we don't believe in just babying a property or anything like that. If we have something substantial and we believe in it, we're going to hit it hard with the drilling. Tell us about the share structure of the company. Sure, there's about 45 million shares outstanding, no warrants, no overhang, so it's very clean structure. Management is just under 10%. There's a couple of very good funds that own it, but no real big control positions in terms of us having to worry about an immediate sort of takeover or anything like that from within. And how well are you capitalized for the exploration next year? We're sitting on about $4 million cash now. It won't cover the whole year, but I imagine that we'll raise some money next year, but we're definitely comfortable into mid-next year. And give us a picture of the rest of the team, if you don't mind. Our CEO is Nav Daliwal, and he's a pretty well-known financier. We've been on a number of projects together now. I'm the COO, so I'm your chief technical person, a geologist, about 30 years experience. Our VP exploration, his name is Nathan Tribble, and he's a very good practical geologist, had been on a, a number of projects with me in the past as well. We can't take for granted the fact that you've got a great project and a great jurisdiction. You don't see these every day, do you? Especially in the junior mining sector. No, you don't. I mean, it's really special to have a high-grade gold project of this size on an established belt in a jurisdiction where it's very solid and comfortable as far as government and regulation and whatnot, especially when you see what else is going on in the world. Good mining districts these days, in, for example, South America are coming apart. So yeah, we're very fortunate to be where we are. Well, Dale, it's a pleasure to meet you and speak with you here in Vancouver during the Metals Investor Forum. Thanks so much for joining me today in the program. Thanks, Ellis. I've been speaking with Dale Jin, Executive Chairman and COO for Gatling Exploration, trading as GATGF in the U.S. and on the TSX Venture Exchange as GTR. Do your own research on this company first by going to their website, GatlingExploration.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Subscribe to the Ellis Martin Newsletter. It's free. Go to EllisMartinReport.com and fill out the quick and easy pop-up form. Join me now for a conversation with Dr. Tony Baresi, the president of Triumph Cold Corp. Trading as TIG on the TSX Venture Exchange and TIGCF in the U.S. Triumph Gold Corps is a mineral exploration company currently focused on its 100% free gold mountain project in Canada's Yukon. This road accessible property is located in the Dawson Range Gold Copper Belt, host to the Casino Copper Deposit, the Coffee Gold Deposit, and the Plaza Gold Prospect. Triumph Gold Corp has a leadership team with a collective history of exploration success as well as capital raising ability. Tony, welcome back to the program. Great to have you here with us in Vancouver. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. What's happening? up in the Yukon with Triumph Gold? Well, we just completed a very successful year of exploration. This is the third year in a row that we're drilling the Free Gold Mountain property, looking for a porphyry copper gold 
old system that had previously not been recognized on the property. We've had excellent results in 2017 and 2018, and we pieced all of those together into a geological model that we thought mandated high-grade, deep mineralization on the property. So this year, we drilled seven drill holes, all of them deeper than anything that had ever been drilled on the property before, up to about a thousand meters depth, looking for this deep porphyry system. And in the very first place that we tested for it, we nailed it. We made a massive 400 meter long intersection. It was about 1.2 grams per ton gold equivalent, almost from surface. And that was of a mineralized body that we already knew was there, but we doubled the known depth of it. And then underneath that, we hit what we think is this porphyry system, really hot rock, totally cooked up. The kind of thing that has to be right beside a porphyry intrusion or even in it. And that rock yielded an additional intersection, 100 meters of about 1.2 grams gold equivalent as well. And all of those are contained within a massive 800 meter long mineralized rock. So we've been having some good success. So far, we've put out results from four drill holes and there's still three more drill holes yet to be released. So it's a pretty wide area and it's pretty consistent grade, correct? Well, we're looking across a six kilometer long area. That's the footprint of what we think is a very large buried porphyry. Within that six kilometer area, there are two pre-existing resources, an epithermal gold system and a diatreme related system. And then we've discovered all of these other sort of breccia pipes that are high grade and other styles of mineralization as well within the system. It's really diverse actually, but the reason for that is that we are at a very high level above a buried system. So most porphyry that have been discovered around the world, big porphyries, are at the current erosional level. They've already been exposed at surface. So that's where you end up with large, continuous bodies of grade. That's the low-hanging fruit. That's what most people have already found. There's not too many of those left out there. We're being creative and looking for something that we think is there, but it's not exposed right at surface. And all of these little diverse things that we're seeing near surface are signs and symptoms of that buried porphyry. So what are you going to do with that information? What can we see, let's say, in the beginning of next year when the weather warms up a bit in the Yukon? We have a lot of exploration opportunities going forward into 2020. One thing is we're really becoming very good at learning how to explore for these high-grade breccia bodies. So all of this high-grade mineralization that we've been putting out these long intersections of are mainly in these sort of breccia pipes, which are bodies of broken rock where fluids have moved up from the underlying porphyry, broken the rock and caused a bunch of gold to be mineralized in it. These things tend to occur in clusters. There was always one that was known on the property. And in the last three years, we discovered two more. We're getting good at finding them and we're going to keep looking for them. And these things can be pieced together into significant amounts of rock. And you have some major partners that believe in what you're doing, correct? That's right. When we came up with the idea that there was a porphyry on this property that hadn't been explored for before, we presented that idea at a technical conference in Yukon in November of 2016. And Gold Corp had just bought Kamenak for the coffee deposit for just over half a billion dollars. And they were bullish about Yukon. They heard our exploration concept. And that was one of the catalysts for them buying 19.9% of our company for $6.3 million. Gold Corp is now Newmont Gold Corp. And we're backed by the world's biggest gold miner. 
it's awesome. And your goal is to increase that valuation eventually in the hopes that perhaps, I don't know, maybe I should ask your chairman about this, that the company will be taken out. That's absolutely the end goal for us. You know, we're looking for metal that is relevant at today's metal prices. We're finding it. We're making long, high-grade intersections. And the goal is to use those as a catalyst for bringing in the majors. And we already have a partnership with one of the best. Yeah, a takeout is definitely what we're aiming for. You're surrounded by the majors in the Yukon. That hasn't changed. It's just increased. That's right. So Newmont Gold Corp is just up the way from us. Western Copper with their massive casino deposit. The Minto Mine is just to the north of us. For us, that's the closest source of power. You can see the Minto Mine from part of the property. And there's a bunch of other really important projects surrounding us. We're in a really important district. One of the things that makes us really stand out within that district is that we have great infrastructure. We have a road that comes right onto and through our property. And that makes it so that the exploration that we're conducting, you get way better bang for your buck. Other companies in Yukon are spending four or $500 per meter all-in cost for their drilling. We're looking at about 250 for the drilling we did in 2017 and 2018. And that's a synergy, that's an advantage that would translate into a development stage as well. Well, Tony, it's always great catching up with you. Thanks for taking time out of your day to speak with me. Thanks so much for joining me on the program. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ellis. Thanks so much for having me. I've been speaking with Dr. Tony Baresi, the president of Triumph Gold Corp. Trading as TIG on the TSX Venture Exchange and TIGCF in the U.S. Would you like to be one of the first to see who we are following? Subscribe to our audio newsletter. It's free. EllisMartinReport.com I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Grant Ewing, CEO of Rock Ridge Resources, trading as ROCK on the TSX Venture Exchange. Rock Ridge Resources is a new public mineral exploration company focused on the acquisition, exploration, and development of mineral resource properties in Canada, specifically copper and battery metal projects. The company's flagship is the Knife Lake Project, located in Saskatchewan, which is ranked as one of the best mining jurisdictions in the world. Grant, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Ellis. Good to be here. I think our audience would appreciate a overall look at the company. What is Rockridge Resources? Rockridge is a mineral exploration company. Our strategy as a mineral exploration company is to focus in world-class mining camps, areas where we have proven geologic potential. And mining-friendly jurisdictions is a very important component of our strategy, operating in mining-friendly jurisdictions. And nearby infrastructure sort of summarizes uh, the last component of what we like to see with our projects. Rockridge has two projects. Our Knife Lake project is located in eastern Saskatchewan. It's BMS project that is copper dominated. And we have a high-grade gold project in Ontario, just southwest of the Timmins Gold Camp. So we're going to talk about the recent results from the summer drilling program in Saskatchewan, the Knife Lake project, right? That's correct. So our Knife Lake project is our core uh, base metals project. It's located in Saskatchewan, northwest of the prolific Flinflon Metals Belt. And we have a similar geologic setting at the Flinflon Snow Lake region, where there's been several world-class discoveries developed over the last 100 years or so, and continuous mining over that time frame as well. So at Knife Lake, we have an extensive land holding approximately 80,000 hectares, and we have one known deposit, the Knife Lake deposit, discovered back in the 60s. And it was grilled off over the ensuing years 
But for the last 20 years, very little work has been done in the region at all, and that was due to various reasons, including poor metal prices. So Rockridge has the option to earn 100% interest in the knife deposit, the Knife Lake Project. And our first step when we acquired this project was to complete the inaugural resource estimate. We did that earlier in the year. And then what we did was commence regional exploration program during the summer months as we view the land holding as having excellent exploration potential. What are the priority targets that you've identified? So our summer program really focused on the area within close proximity to our known Knife Lake deposit. About a six-kilometer radius around the project is where we centered initially. Within that area, we worked on three high-priority target areas and brought them to drill-ready status through the summer program. And this leaves about eight remaining high-priority targets on the claim holdings that will get assessed in future programs. And all of these targets were based on coincident anomalies of, of the geophysics, mapping, sampling data. They really need us to believe we've got excellent, compelling targets identified and robust discovery potential in this area right around the knife deposit. The known knife lake deposit occurs very near surface, so it was a relatively easy discovery back in the late 60s. It would be an excellent starter operation for a future mining operation as it's the higher grade portion of that deposit is right at surface. So our goal now is to find other deposits in the near vicinity and potentially advance this to the mining status in the future years. What can we look forward in Q1, Q2 of next year, 2020? program that we completed in the summer really refined these targets and now we have several that are ready for a drill. Our plan is to work toward a drilling campaign later next year in 2020. We've also got a, a very interesting high-grade gold project as one of our core assets in the company and that's located in the Tins District in Ontario and there we're planning for a drill program in the early part of 2020 and this would be the first drill program in over I would say about 20 years of that project and what we have there is as a gold structure defined historically, weekly drilled in the top section of it. We have a six and a half gram over eight meter intercept that's wide open to test and extend the depth. So really you've got precious metals in Ontario, base metals in Saskatchewan, which really sets you up for whichever way the wind blows in the resource sector, correct? Yeah, and that's a bit of a unique mix for a junior company, but we quite like having our commodities the focus being copper and gold. Often the, the two commodities might not be in favor together. And if that's the case, we can focus on one project while the other one's being prepared for future work. And Grant, tell us about the share structure of the company. So we have a very tight share structure, approximately 25 million shares outstanding. Management and insiders hold 12 or 13% of that. And so we have a, a very tight float and our market cap today is approximately $4 million. So a small market cap, but we're really a discovery driven company. So with success in our drilling programs, we see the potential to create some significant shareholder value with this company. Let's take a look at the management team. Who have you got on board? Because as anyone knows, really, it is all about the team. Yeah, we've got five on our board of directors. All these gentlemen on the board are seasoned mineral exploration people. We cover all aspects of the business, finance, corporate development, technical people. So we really have a group that has proven success in this business. Jordan Trimble is our president. He's on the board. Richard Kuzmerski is our technical director on the board. And also we have Jim Pettit and Don Houston on the board as well as Joe Gallucci. So a real seasoned board of directors, a great setup for a junior exploration company. I've been speaking with Grant Ewing, CEO of Rock Ridge Resources, trading as ROCK on the TSX Venture Exchange. 
For more information on Rockridge Resources, go to the company's website, rockridgeresourcesltd.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Join us next time for more opportunities to discover on the Ellis Martin Report. Meanwhile, subscribe to the Ellis Martin Report. It's easy and it's free. Visit ellismartinreport.com.